The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. It is News Talk. It's the Anton Savage Show. I'm joined by Stephanie Preisner, writer and broadcaster, and Hugh O'Connell, deputy political editor of the Irish Independent, to look at the news this weekend. And there is a lot of it, and a lot of it relates to RTE. But in what is undoubtedly a more important issue, one of the papers, that being the Irish Times, leads Stephanie with reports that the temperature spikes that we are seeing are worrying scientists who were already at pretty peak worry over climate change. I vacillate up and down a spectrum of being so concerned about this and so over it that I cannot cope. Uh, and it's I think it's because this is not like this is a small column. You know, this is not front. Uh, it's probably front page news, but it's I think the announcements of like, oh, my God, it's getting hotter. They're coming too hard and fast and no one seems to be doing anything and I'm doing what I can. And then I'm like, you know what? It's just going to be out of my control anyway. I'm just going to burn with the world and just let it happen. I don't know what I can pot. Like I'm sometimes peak climate anxiety and sometimes peak uh, apathy. Like I just do not care And did this break you from that apathy? Because as I understand it, what they are saying in this is that we already knew we were on a bad track, but the kind of peaks that we're now seeing this summer indicate that we may be travelling down that track faster than we thought we were. No, I saw this headline, I rolled my eyes and I said, I don't want to read that article. And then um, Marie sent it, your producer sent it to me and I was like, okay, I'm obviously going to have to read it. Well, Um, I'm glad that we legally obliged you (laughs) contractually to pay attention to climate change. It's also the kind of, like, I'm getting, you know, you see people obviously equally as frustrated as I am sitting on the court at Wimbledon protesting oil and it's like oh get off the court this is not the place for protesting this if you want to protest animal rights at Cheltenham grand I see a thematic congruence but just get off the court people are trying to enjoy the tennis and nobody is going to change their relationship with oil particularly the Saudis because you are sitting in the middle of court one just get off the grass that is that. Yeah. That is where I'm at. Well, you do feel you're right. Like you do feel a sense of helplessness that you know you do all the right things. You recycle. You compost. You you know you don't take a bag in the shops. You do all that kind of stuff. But you do get this feeling of helplessness because we are such a small cog in a larger wheel that is really, you know, the way we change this is if the big polluters actually do the things that need to be done in terms of divesting themselves of, of fossil fuels. And I'm, I'm really struck by Oshin Coughlin's comments yesterday at a conference in Ballina, but where uh, Eamon Ryan also spoke and there was protesters there that disrupted it because they don't think that we're going far enough. And he was talking about his own climate anxiety and he thought about, uh, or he talked about... Um, He's struggling between fear and hope. We're going to need to be unreasonable because reasonableness has not moved the dial. Why can't we use fear in the face of an existential threat? And that to me seems to be that climate campaigners are now kind of thinking about, well, actually, do we need to be far more disruptive than we have been over the last few years? Because all of this kind of softly, softly approach isn't doing enough. It's not, it's not, well, and like, and we, we have all these legally binding targets that the government has set down with no indication thus far that they're going to be able to meet these targets. Uh, you know, Eamon Ryan talks about doing things by kind of consensus, um, but perhaps we just need to be far more radical about this. Perhaps we need to completely cut off funding for roads. Perhaps we need to pour money into public And is that where the Wimbledon lads are useful? Is it is it a good thing that it, even if it disrupts centre court, that it keeps it in the discourse and in our minds? I mean, I don't think, yes, okay, fine, they they keep it in our minds, but like so do all the headlines. Mm. And even if we, like our political system is set up such that, you know, it's not like because all of these politicians want to get elected again, they're not going to do the difficult decisions of like, 
you know, culling the national herd or whatever yeah. the, you know, issue du jour is. Mm. And then even if we do all that and they all lose their seats and, you know, everyone's angry at government, you have like China, India, Europe, America. Mm. We're just such a tiny, and I know that's a big part of the issue. We say, oh, well, even if we do all this, what about China? But are we not seeing improvement? Are we not seeing America invest significantly in renewables? Are they not putting their federal money where yeah, their money is? What's going to happen if a new president comes in, if a Republican comes in, if it's Donald Trump comes in? He's going to stop all that. You know? So we're going to oscillate between presidents who potentially who will invest lots of money in this and presidents who will want to stop the funding for all of this because they don't think climate change is real. Oh, what we need is a somewhere Edmund dictator. Burke is spinning in his grave. Do- doesn't it require us, though, to stand up and be candid, even if our voice is small and other sorts? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but I, mean, I, I think what we're I think what we're both kind of hitting on Stephanie and I is this kind of app, this sort of just we're sort of exhausted, powerlessness, exhaust, exhausted sort of just we feel as if we're we've been hearing a lot about this over the last few years. And I think sometimes, as Ocean Cockling says, nothing has moved the dial really, has it? Maybe a global dictator. Like we need one <laughs> big scary person who we all hate who makes these big decisions for all of us and stops us doing something, and we all hate them mm. and. Uh, but they stop climate change. Now you're getting me in trouble. Uh, Tech saying Anton Savage would need a wake-up call re-climate catastrophe. Completely disagree, re-the Wimbledon protest. Nothing is being done. Of course what we do as a small country matters. Every human matters. We are a species. Wasn't me that was suggesting that there was anything (laughs) wrong with the Wimbledon protest. Do you think, um, when we look at the uh, climate change thing, do you think that the kind of momentum that there is currently with the US is absolutely political? That if there is a different, because obviously the US is the global leader on this, that if we do get a Republican president, it just flips like a switch? Yeah, I do. I mean, I just, like, I don't know how to expand any more on that. I mean, look at, no, the, it was pretty definitive. Look at the Republican <laughs> contenders. I think all of them will try and defund a lot of the programs that Biden has set up in this space. A lot of the infrastructural developments that Biden has tried to bring about, I think they will try to, you know, protect the things that they hold dear to them. And well, how about then, we'll, I will clutch at a straw. Is there any prospect of uh, truth and fairness returning to the American political system with news today that the DC Court of Appeals Committee has recommended that Rudy Giuliani be disbarred as a lawyer for his evidence-free challenges to the 2020 election. I think that his evidence-free challenges to the 2020 election were egregious, but it, again, just fuels this, that, you know, Trump has his base and they will just claim you are trying to destroy us and, you know, we need to clear the swamp. And it just leads into this, like, the more that Democrats or, you know right-minded people state fact about Trump and all of that January 6th and his 2020 behaviour, it just leads people to dig in even deeper in supporting Trump. But is the system not getting them? It's got Rudy d- disbarred, it's got Donald Trump facing... It doesn't facing... have him disbarred yet. Well, it's, it, it, well so that is a fair point, but it is on. it has been recommended by the DC bar that he would be disbarred and we've seen Trump now facing federal charges and possibly facing further federal charges for January 6th. Is that not evidence that under it all some of the systems function. Yes, and I really hope so. But what you see is this this cohort of people dig in even deeper. Like It seems that there is no fact you can give about Trump that will change his voters' minds that he is corrupt and awful. I suppose that's a function of politics everywhere though, Hugh, isn't it? Once people make a political decision, they hear everything through... Not that you can hear through a lens, but they hear through the lens of whatever is their predetermined choice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, like Giuliani has been on quite the journey. You know, he I mean, he was a Democrat once upon a time and he made his name 
internationally in the in the uh, aftermath of 9/11 but in New York he was a totemic figure um you know he was a but, hero post he was 9/11. a hero the southern district of New York he was the, the um the attorney there who put the uh, the five families uh, the the mafia behind bars you know he did a lot of things um that paved the way for him to become the mayor of New York with a view to getting to the White House that didn't work out for him and then he threw his lot in with Trump and since then he's just gone off on wild mad tangents about electoral fraud I mean we all remember that that bizarre press conference days after the election where he was in the car uh, park in, in the, the car shop. park yeah <laughs> Uh, that wasn't the hotel. Sorry. I think they thought. For the point of, yeah. of clarity, I should say it was in the car park of a garden centre, yeah. next to a sex shop. Yeah, that, that they, that, and they thought they'd booked a hotel conference room. I think, and he's you know sweating, and his hair dye is falling down his face. I mean, just a, a, a clownish figure. Um, but you know, he has his supporters, uh, and he still clearly has the support of Donald Trump, who I think waived clients' confidentiality. Uh, Client attorney privilege here in order for Rudy Giuliani to, to make his case to the board. And he still has some supporters here text saying, bring back Donald Trump. At least he tells it as it is. 53106 at a cost of 30 cents. You can get us on WhatsApp 87 1400 106 to RTE. Um, on Tuesday, uh, Ryan and Noel Kelly are going to jointly appear at the Public Accounts Committee and then at the Media Committee in total facing, I think, about six hours of questioning, if mm. I have that right. Can I ask you, Hugh, one of the things that has been a universal truth is that RTE management are fair game for all and sundry, always have been. RTE journalists criticise RTE management, RTE staff criticise RTE management, external people criticise RTE management because they are seen as both powerful and anonymous. Mm -hmm. Ryan Tuberty is very well liked across a lot of this country. Mm -hmm. Is that going to stay the hand of the committee? Are they going to be wary of going back to their constituencies and having people say, you were very mean to a very nice man that I like? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, there's no doubt the public's attitude towards Ryan Tuberty has changed in the last three weeks, but I think there's still, a, you know, a lot of people who have a residual um, liking for him um, and, and think he's a good guy and uh, wouldn't like to see him hauled over the coals in the same way that some of the uh, RT executives were in the last couple of weeks by TDs. And I think TDs will be very mindful from that. I think he's going to mount a bit of a charm offensive uh, at the committee. Uh, and I think TDs are susceptible to that kind of thing, in my experience, uh, particularly around celebrities. Um, so I think you know this could potentially be a good week for Ryan Tuberty in terms of putting out his case to the public. It's the first time we will have heard from him, uh, bar these two statements that he's issued, one which was very ill-advised, the first one. Um, so I, I think this could be uh, th- this could be an interesting week in terms of the story and how it might turn. And I mean, you know, if you look at the polling uh, in my own paper last weekend, it was quite clear that the majority of the public blamed the executive in RT for what went on here, and not necessarily Ryan Tuberty or even Noel Kelly, his agent for that for that matter. So um, I think TDs will adopt a much softer approach than they did to with the executives in recent weeks. What do you I think, actually think the opposite. Hmm. I do. I think that. TDs will, um, I think that Ryan might go in on the charm offensive and, you know, try to do the aloof, goofy, mea culpa sort of thing, give some explanations. But I think that TDs will want to get their kind of Twitter, social media clips and will want to be seen to be going very hard because a lot of the answers are, are, are housed only in Ryan and Noel. You know, like, why did you do this? Why did you not say, actually, this is taxpayer money. I'm going to take a pay cut, like all of my, you know, all the stuff that you were saying you were doing that you weren't actually doing. And I think that some TDs will 
will go pretty hard because I've seen a lot of anger with Ryan, like a lot of disappointment, you know, like I thought that he was this charitable figure who was raising all this money for children in need, which he was doing, um, who was, you know, coming out during COVID saying, you know, we ha- this is a crisis. We're all taking a pay cut. We're all in this together. And you weren't. You lied to us tr- through your teeth on that, like millions of us. And I think there is a lot of anger there. And so potentially that is coming in through constituents and then TDs might kind of double down on it. Yeah, look, you could be right. Um, I just, I, I... Although look at the Marty Morrissey example. Yeah. Marty Morrissey got caught, and Marty Morrissey was in, in, in fishing terms bycatch. There was a mm. desire by Timmy Dooley to look at the car allowances to executives and Marty Morrissey got caught in that. Timmy Dooley was rapid in saying, oh God, I never wanted to yeah, get Marty involved. Yeah, well, I mean, you know... He t- is a constituent of Timmy Dooley's. Timmy Dooley's, yeah, <laughs> but, it's important to point out. But it, yeah, like, that th- that is true, I think. And I, I look, I think, Stephanie, you make you make a fair point. I just think that, that TDs, I've seen it over the years. some of them. Some of them, definitely. Maybe not all of them, for sure. But some of them will just, they, they won't want to go in studs up on Ryan, on Ryan Tuberty, um, even if they're hearing a little bit of anger from certain constituents, because I think they, they believe that Middle Ireland kind of still has a bit of grow for, for Tuberty notwithstanding the last couple of there weeks. There are two people that I know who are taking sick, who are taking leave on Tuesday from work. They're not going into work <laughs> and they are having a pack party. They have pack other party. friends coming in to watch the two committees with popcorn and snacks and it is, you know, I think... Sounds like a good idea to me. It's definitely going to get more viewers. Well, this than is one thing that I find fascinating is that people say, look, nobody cares about Ryan. There's other issues, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. If you look at the ratings of 6-1 when it has touched off the RT, yeah. it is, in the oldest measure possible, it is selling newspapers I, and I, I can tell people you looking are at the, interested. Looking at the numbers for independent.ie, they've hit stratospheric levels in the last three weeks with this story. Is that so? So yeah. people are reading it? Absolutely. In well, their droves. Can I give you the abs what that I think is the perfect juxtaposition of what I think is the issue that the, the TDs are going to face and the senators are going to face. One text. I am astounded at the rage and disgust that's out there about Tuberty. TDs need to show teeth on Tuesday. Next text. I am a carer and my ladies are very much missing Ryan on the radio. There you go. That that is the thing. Yeah, look, he's 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 now he was the nation's sweetheart and now he's, he divides the nation somewhat, you know. You're going to have a lot of people still in his camp. What about the other issues then? Because one of the things that has emerged is, um, and, and as always with this, in, in absence, uh, I hate to use that hackneyed phrase, but when, when we don't have the prince in Hamlet, we do the entire folio of every available place. So we've gone into expenses, we have gone into um, corporate governance and all of the rest of it. But one of the things that has emerged in the midst of all of this has been the toy show, the musical. Now, I was talking to Alan Hughes on the hard shoulder about this during the week. Stephanie, you have a, a background in, in theatre. The kind of decisions around expenditure on this, like again, it, it, nobody is suggesting malice, but my God, there were some interesting choices. Go to the most expensive venue in the country and expect 80% occupancy. That was, I, I just kind of thought about it, like I've made theatre um, and you, you, no one would ever expect to get 80% occupancy. It's sort of like, how, did you speak to anyone, anyone who's ever put a piece of theatre on a stage when you were making this? And, and if so, is it that you thought the le- like was it that the hubris you thought oh well we're going to be able to advertise on RTE more than any of the other pantos we're going to be able to put ads in newspapers we've got so much money here that people are going to sell but we know like Alan Hughes's argument is this is pop taxpayers money and they went in at a time when they were competing with companies that were on their knees already after several years of covid 
But it just shows you that actually it didn't matter at all. It doesn't matter how much money you put into advertising, how many ads yeah. on the sides of buses or anything. If it, if the word of mouth isn't that it's amazing, people are not going to go. And also people don't know where the convention centre is. Their vision of the convention centre is that very crazy time during COVID when government were speckled yeah, throughout it, speaking point. in a but silo. But this is also a thing that I find interesting in that decision because you guys will undoubtedly be familiar with the convention centre. But if you haven't been in the convention centre, it is a beautiful venue mm. that reeks corporate, yeah. which is what it's meant to be. You're it's absolutely like a, right. Yeah. It is austere in a very positive yeah. way. It is dramatic. Mm-hmm. But it's not the place where seven-year-olds are going to go bananas. No, certainly <laughs> not. I mean, you can put up all the bells and whistles that you want. It's still, it's a vast space. And you're right, it's extremely corporate looking. And like, there's many successful corporate events that are run there all the time. Oh, and it's a beautiful but venue. It's not, but it's not the kind of thing. sort of wholesome venue that even the Board Gosh Energy Theatre, which is a relatively new venue, that, like it's kind of, you know, it's it's a nice space, I think. I think and if they scaled it right back, made yeah. it much smaller and took it around to like l- larger venues yeah. in take Munster, it Ulster, take it around yeah. the country, let kids come to see it, make yeah. it accessible, I think they would have had an amazing think, show on their hands. I think they just thought that the toy show brand was so bulletproof because, you know, success of toy shows, major ratings, all this amazing fundraising that they've been doing through it, clearly they thought that it was just going to be such a level of demand but do they not like understand this? that the glory of the toy show is the unscriptedness? Correct. It's that random yeah. child from Erlingford who there has a strange passion. <laughs> you know, it's like. But there's also a four-decade legacy. The likelihood that an A-list celebrity will show up and yeah. the host of the thing is there. None of which was involved but in the musical. No. There was no Ryan. The there was no the head, The unscripted nature of the toy show is its beauty and its brilliance. And this, we're talking about a, a scripted, scripted show. Not show. a very good script, but from what I heard. Um, and the same every night. Like it's not. Night, it's got yeah. none of the components that we love about the toy show. Correct. It's everything that we don't love. Yeah, absolutely. Before we wrap up, there is a story that there is not much in the way of analysis, but it is just a very cool and interesting thing. This is Stephanie that they're doing. They're building a hotel near Capel Street, and they've found. Is it a, a middle a, a, a medieval grave? They have found skeletons now. Um, Hugh and I were competing over who was allowed to make don't, the joke. Don't, about don't, don't. Go on, go on, do it. Go no, on. no, no, we, we won't because Anton's ruined it now. So, a um, hundred skeletons have been excavated from a site of a hotel development in Dublin city centre. And, I mean, it's very cool. When I read the headline, I thought, okay, they've probably found the bone of a toe or some metatarsal, but they're actually like full-on skeletons yeah. that are over a thousand years old, which is, which predates when we thought this this building was built and uh, yeah it's just very cool you can imagine the excitement in during the dig when the archaeologists were like oh my god I found a skeleton because you know they're probably just digging up road signs usually and they also found a Dutch Billy I believe as well not that they're as rare as skeletons but they're uh, Dutch Billy being the sort of precursor to the Georgian houses the, the 1600 1700 ish um, so they have the foundations and I think what they're going to do is leave some of the foundations visible a bit like you know the German discounter on Dame Street that yes, has yeah. the, the um, Neolithic house underneath it. But there's cool pictures in, in all of the papers, including obviously in the Irish Independent, from where, he said in one of the world's great segues, we got the politi- deputy political editor, <laughs> Hugh O'Connell. Hugh, thank you very much. Thank and you. also a big thank you to Stephanie Preisner, writer and broadcaster. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.